What's up, boys? What's going on? It's Johnny. Hey, guys. What's going on? Happy Sunday afternoon. How the hell is everyone? Good to see you. Good to see you, guys. Come on in. Let's get it started. There we go. There we go. Shout out to Kush. Good to see you, Paul Connor. Lots of good men in the building. Guys, we're going to get right into it today, and then I'm going to say hi to everyone in just a moment because I see the chat has some men that have come through previously. But let's start this one. This is going to be one from my heart. I hope you guys can follow along with me on this one. It's going to be, this one is something I can't stand. And this is something that I go through great pains to avoid altogether with companies and in general. The whole way that I live my life and the things that I do and the way that I choose to make money and try to do things is all in avoidance of the human resources department. You know who I'm talking about. I don't care for it. I don't care for the whole them getting in your shit and wanting to know stuff all the time. <clears throat> the problem with this is the forced diversity, guys. Now, listen to me. I understand this is going to be a kind of a <clears throat> this topic is probably going to be a little bit controversial for some people. But let me explain first. One, I don't care who you are, period. Like I'm the most diverse, equality based person that you've ever met because I don't care regardless what you identify, what your pronouns are, who you sleep with. I don't give a shit. Don't care. And I don't mean any disrespect when I say that. I mean, I equally give everyone the same level of go live your own life that I would like to have in my life as a human being. I would like to be able to do things my way and the things that I dictate are best for me or in my life, the things that are fun and that I choose to. But Unfortunately, people think that they can do it to you, but you can't do it to them. And the best way for you to be able to live your life is to not get involved in everybody else's shit. 
So point in point out here, this is why so many people don't want to work at these companies anymore. Now, I happen to work at a company also. It's a part-time gig. It's just a thing I do that kind of gets me moving, gets my blood flowing in the morning. It's, you know, it is what it is. But they are a company, and everyone there is wonderful. The people are amazing. Everything else, nobody gives me a hard time. It's a really great situation as far as all that's concerned. However... There is a company-wide thing that they have to do that you have to go on the computer and take this little thing that, like, teaches you thing. It basically is propaganda to dip you in shit over whatever thing they're trying to mind control you on. And that's not this company I work for. This is every company that's trying to do this. It's the human resources departments that do it. They're like, yeah, this will be a great idea. We'll do this. This is what the people need. And it really is an infringement into the privacy of the employee themselves. So I'm sitting down in front of a computer looking at a computer screen of a cartoon wizard explaining how we all have our own unrecognized biases. Every person has your own unrecognized bias. Now, in my head, obviously, if it was just watching the video, I could be like, yeah, 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 bullshit. Get out of here. This is garbage. But I have to take a test at the end of the video. And in the test, the question, the correct answer that they want me to click on is unrecognized biases. The question is, we all, all of us being you, me, all of us collectively have our own unrecognized biases. Now, I couldn't take the, the test anymore because I was almost sick to my stomach at the idea of this level of intrusion into a person's own private life by a company or corporation. <clears throat> wanting me to say that I have all of these flaws and I, I predispose and I think about people and I, I have all these unrecognized biases that I live my life by. Listen, I don't know who it is, if it's women, if it's people that are on the rainbows. I don't know who it is that thinks this is how people live their life. But believe it or not, I don't walk down the street and see black people and think, hey, black people. I don't, I'm hoping when I walk down the street, they don't see me and think, hey, look at this honky-ass cracker. Hey, cracker, hey, white boy. I'm hoping that's not what people are thinking because I don't ever think that. Like, I, don't, I go my entire day not even thinking of biases at all. Like, it doesn't occur to me. And then when I sit down and I have to listen to a cartoon wizard be like, yeah, you have unrecognized biases and you should really... And I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing here? What am I doing here wasting my... I mean, I'm at the job because I'm having fun and it gets my heart moving and gets me out of the apartment and it's good for me. Like, it's good for me. But I could do so much other things that would be better money-making things, but I do this because it's less stress, less fucking all the bullshit of the human resources and the infringement of the people on my actual life that I value. They're, they're in just employment. As is every other way you make money. The company you work for doesn't give two shits about you. I don't care. Maybe you're sort of important. But that's supposed to be separate than your own personal life. And I feel like this is an infringement when they're like, you've got to be diversified and you've got to be... Listen, hear me out. Everyone on the planet. I'm going to explain it with my normal logic, which is undeniable, okay? Listen, <clears throat> you don't want to be in a room full of five people 
who you don't know if they like you or not, or or maybe just pretending for the sake of everyone's got to pretend to like one another. Personally, I'd rather be in a room with 10 people who don't like me than even alone in a room with one person who I think they like me, but they really don't like me. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Any of y'all have an ex-wife? Tell me I'm wrong. Any of y'all have an ex-wife? Oh, I think she loves me. I'm pretty sure she loves me. She'd never do me like that. Who the fuck is this person? Any of you? Was that any of your uh, findings in relationships, guys? I'm trying to fix the chat color box. I can't have it be some crazy off color. It needs to be like red or some kind of, you know what I'm talking about. But all this diversity shit, let me ask you guys. Let's say you're walking along outside, you're on a trail and you're just having fun and you look down and you stop for a second and there's a snake at your feet. You don't know if that snake is venomous or non-venomous in the moment. Would you rather have the ability to know instantaneous that this snake is non-venomous? Or would you rather sit there and suffer in total stillness hoping the thing slithers away and this isn't how your life ends? I'd rather know the information right away. Either A, this is a non-venomous snake or this is a venomous snake. Same thing with people. I wouldn't want to be around a bunch of people who this because they have to pretend to like me. No, that's that's not a good environment. That's not good for you. It's not good for the other people. This forced liking of one another that's going on right now, it's really got to stop. I mean, listen, I like everybody because I don't stick my nose where it doesn't belong. Like I'm cool with everybody because I'm like, yeah, y'all do your thing. I'm gonna do my thing. It's all good. But all this forced, let's all pretend to like each other and you got to agree to it. And let's take a test. And you, Man, I'm coming in to do some basic ass labor work. If we're going to have to have a conversation about my morality and who, what I think of other people. And man, that shit ain't worth that to me. I could make 10 times the money somewhere else. Hourly. Shit. So. And again, I love the people at this place. It's not their fault. It's the human resources departments putting these things in place where it's like we got to have a. Uh, it, it really is getting to the point where the biggest problem is all of this shit is not based on race at all. It's not based on sexuality at all. People think that it is and they because those are the people who mostly benefit from it. But what it really is, which is even scarier in my personal opinion, is. It's about the data. It's not really the race, it's the data. How else do you convince a seemingly sane entire nation of people to suddenly accept all sorts of different odd ideas that have never been part of the societal norm of any of the people before them? It's not really about all of the differences so much as it's about the data. And the problem is when you get into a data-driven scenario, uh, usually who loses out overall is the human beings, the actual people that live in that society or that scenario. Need more proof of that? Um, The movie iRobot, when uh, the car goes over the bridge and the robot that's saving the people, the robot has to decide to either save the little girl who's further away from him or the, the man in the car. And the robot, of course, does the probability and the numbers and the data and says, well, there's a better probability that the man has a better chance of surviving. So the robot saves the man instead of the little girl who passes away 
uh, when their car goes off the bridge. You understand when you chase the data, you lose the subtle nuances of what it means to be a human, to, have, to understand and to know that a human being would have known the difference in that scenario to go after the little girl, to save the little girl. You see, logic, human logic, human emotion and human logic all goes out the window when you just chase data points. Oh, well, we have this many data points. We have this many people of this group. We have this many this and we have this many that. And we have it becomes more about the data. And the problem with that is chasing the data points in order to please the stockholders while is pleasing the stockholders is crushing the morale of the human beings that are actually in the business or on the other end of it, whether that's everyone in the United States as a collective under this new strange uh, whatever the fuck is going on right now, or in the case of a soulless company. You see, <clears throat> soulless jobs have been around for a long time. Soulless companies have been around for a long time. We humans have for ages, you know, mocked the idea of working at some of these jobs, mocked the idea of, you know, going in to fake the good mood going in to be a different human being altogether is problematic for your mental health. And I hate to even use that term, but since everyone's talking about it, let's throw it out there. Let's throw it out there at some point. We live in a world where we are all judged largely on our uh, ability to produce. You know what I mean? But many of us have to go to a soulless job to produce a soulless widget or, you know, whatever the case is, file the paperwork, do the data, chase the data points. And the problem is that in that chase of it, we all lose who we are and we each have unique individual things about us that make us who we are that are special. I know that sounds crazy. We're all supposed to be exactly the same while being completely different and labeled in different things. I get it. I guess it. You know, I, I understand that theory, but in the real world, that plays out poorly because you can't meet each of those individual things. You can't meet all of those data points. Let's watch for a second at how the chasing the data actually destroys so many other important things. Because even if the data is all right, but you can't get employees to come in and work at your company because the data points are great, but the morale of the soulless, heartless, sterile environment you've created for the people that are forced to work there for barely enough money to even survive, well, they'll stop showing up eventually. And they have. Let's continue. We choose not to talk a lot about diversity and inclusion. We're not. Shit, guys, listen, <clears throat> when you click on a YouTube video and it's somebody saying they choose not to talk a lot about diversity, inclusion, um, they're talking about diversity and inclusion in the video. But let's see what he's going to say. Running from uh, from the topic, we actually feel like we're addressing it head on. You don't need to. It's not your business to. You should address things like your employees pay. You should address a thousand other things, but it's not 
your business to get in your employee's private life and to try to sway their thoughts or thinking on anything, be it political, race, color, creed, who they like, who they don't like. Guys, believe it or not, I'm going to put out a crazy thought here. I'm going to put out a crazy thought. What if I told you you're free to not like people? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Now, you shouldn't tell anybody probably because people are dicks and assholes mostly. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, this person doesn't like somebody. And then everyone will get their pampers all dirty and start crying in the streets. But... Believe it or not, you're actually free to make up your mind about people. I have a neighbor. I don't know what color the neighbor is. I don't know where they're from. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. All I know is they're door slammers. Door slammers, guys. Ugh. I know I'm not being very diverse right now to door slammers, but if you're someone that slams the door every time you come in or out of your apartment or hotel room or whatever the case is, every time, whether it's 2 in the morning, 10 in the morning, your meemaw's with you, Whatever. You you are a door slammer, and I don't like you based on that. It's nothing else. It's the uh, audacity in which you slam your door. I can't stand you because of that. I know it makes me the bad person, but my hinges are going to last a lot longer than your hinges are. So whatever. Let's continue. Uh, using analytics and revenue and profit. Uh, data. Conversation. Data. Using data. What gets us the most data points? Who cares? How do our employees actually feel? Uh, oh, that's not important is these data points. Versus some moral imperative. Mm-hmm. And, and what that means. Notice how he said some moral imperative. This is not a moral person. This is not how people that typically have morals talk about morals. Like when you hear me talk about it, I usually say it like it's a good thing. Like it's to be... It almost looked at as an honorable thing because at least someone with the level of morals, you can say, well, I know their heart is in a good place. I know their mind and their heart is coming from a good place. But when someone uses the saying like this, this is not a moral person. Let's watch again. Let's just see if you pick up on it. And and what that means is that it's not about um, fairness and equality alone it's about equity which is about people getting if you if you treat someone as a person they need a little more of something than perhaps someone else why did they, why are they entitled to more than anyone else why why are they special and entitled to something anyone you me i don't care who you are what color you are what what sex you are what you identify it is a mental illness in this country that we've got to get a grip on Everyone is running around saying that, well, I think this way and I require more of this and I require more. Shut the fuck up. Everybody, I'm so sick of the damn entitlement and the just mental illness of me, 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 of everybody. Every damn body is doing this right now. Me, 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 me. Well, I'm this, so I require more than this other person. You don't get more than the other person, asshole. That's called being selfish. I don't care what you identify. I don't care what everything that's going on in your head that's going on is going on. Fine. You don't get more than the next person because you got issues. I don't care. I'm so sick of this idea of, oh, oh, this person gets more because they had it difficult during this period. Yeah, this person had it difficult in that period. These people, 
Go back to ancient time, guys. White people built pyramids and were slaves also in other places. This shit has got to stop. This shit has got to stop. I deserve more because of this. I deserve more because of my sexuality. I deserve more than this because of that. I've got more credit points towards this is an illness in this country. Perhaps someone else. And actually, if you treat everyone the same, you are not going to get the best out of everyone. Okay, well, why don't you just pay everybody a billion dollars by that Nate, by that exact? Okay, we'll just give everybody a billion dollars. How about that? We just give everybody the best treatment, the best money, the best. How's that working out? This is ridiculous, guys. He's literally making a case for treating people differently under the guise of diversity and equality. How is that diversity or equality if you're treating anyone different? Well, this person's a little different, so we got to treat them a little differently. Oh, well, then diversity and equality by definition just went out of the window because it's not equal or equality related. By definition, am I the guys, am I the crazy one? Maybe I'm the crazy one. Let's let this let's let the nice man continue. So equality can be used, in fact, to exclude people. <clears throat> and to make the environment a place that certain groups of people don't want to be in. Me. Because you're treating everyone the same. No, because you want to treat people differently, because you want to even have a conversation about a hypothetical mistreating of people that I work with. You understand, guys, when I'm in there for no reason and I've been great to everyone and everyone has to take it, it's not like they singled me out. Everyone has to take the same bullshit online fucking mouth breather ass indoctrination video where they're like, you you have biases against other people, don't you? And you're just nodding along to make it hurry up. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, is this fucking waste of my time? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to listen to this. That's just not the way humans work. Oh, is that not the... Guys, I think we had it pretty well figured out how humans worked 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. I would say, if anything, we're going in the wrong direction. You know what's happened since about the 70s, since we've gone in this direction? Human resources departments, all of the diversity and inclusion and everything you could ever want. Look how it's going. Look how miserable everybody is. Nobody even knows who the hell they are. A third of the people are on head meds. A third of the people, head meds. Nobody knows what the fuck is up. They don't even know who they are anymore. I got tits, lop them off. Am I a man? Am I a woman? You guess. It's crazy out here. I have two kids. One of them might need. <sighs> this dude, man, I'm telling you. All this shit. More of the same shit. Oh, let's all have, let's all, well, women need more. Let's all be inclusive. Okay, yeah, it, okay, equality. No more of the divorce courts tearing men apart. Well, women need more. Uh, well, women need this and they need that. And Well, I thought we were going to be equals. Well, what we mean is you'll always be beneath us, but we're always going to still complain to see what else we can get out of you because you men are dumb enough to keep bending over and taking it. You men are literally still listening to women like, oh, we they're, they're made telling us how to run things. And man... <laughs> Please, at some point, we're going to have to have some men, enough men, cuff their balls and say, you know what? Enough is enough. You damn near destroyed the company. You've destroyed the music industry. You've destroyed the video game industry. It's woke now. The movie's woke. 
TV, woke. You've ruined Star Wars. You've ruined Marvel. You've ruined everything else with all your stupid-ass woke ideas. Guess what? At some point, we got to stop listening to what these individuals think about these things. At some point, men in general have to take a stand to all this shit. Or we can just sit and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. I'm down for talking about it, guys. I love talking with you guys about it. But I mean, at some point, each man individually reaches a point in his life where he has to say, I'm not going to put up with this shit anymore. Which is exactly why I decided I'm not going to have these soul-crushing jobs. I'm not going to go from soul-crushing job to soul-crushing job. I'll work part-time here, part-time there, part-time there. That way, if any one of them starts to eat into my soul, I can be like, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. I told you all what I was capable of. I told you I want to help you out. If it gets to the point where it interferes with my sanity, my happiness at all, I'll just go do something else. I'll just go do something else. Now, I'm just saying it's very difficult to live in this manner, at least until you get well on your feet. And I am not there yet. So before you start thinking, hey, John's... No, I'm not. I'm really not, guys. I'm just like you guys. I'm out here trying to figure it out and make it all happen and come together. And in doing that, you know, this is what it is. But I don't want to have my soul crushed in the process. I'd rather eat ramen noodles noodles and struggle to get by than have enough money to be comfortable and be miserable. That I could not exist in a regular job. I just I didn't have it. Whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, it's you know? a thing. You know, yeah. you, when you know you don't have it. It's kind of scary, like, oh, no, I'm not going to have a straight life. Oh, no, what am I going to do? It was like it was radioactive. Like, I would take construction jobs, and it was like I was being poisoned. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was like, literally like I was getting radiation Yeah, you feel like it. you're dying. Yeah. You're, you're young, and you're awake, and you're like, I'm dying. This is killing me. I thought I was going to have a life of those jobs. So I went out of high school. I went one semester at American University in Washington, D.C., trying to see if I liked college. I liked learning. I just didn't like, you know. I hated school, so another four years on a student loan, like one semester, it took me so many years to earn my way out of that debt. And so I just kind of went into the working world going, this is this is going to be rough. I mean, this is going to hurt. It's going to be swollen feet and a lot of top ramen noodles and no sleep in my crap apartment, but this is my life. And I felt like someone was strangling me because I just yeah. knew I didn't know where I was going to go or what I should be doing, but I knew that this wasn't. Yeah. Like this was going to kill me. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there like that. And for some awful reason, they never find whatever it is that can break them free. They never catch a ride on that river out. Yeah. You know, I, and I got lucky. I found stand-up comedy. And uh, I had already, I think a lot, a lot of it had come from martial arts, too. I'd fought a lot and I'd competed a lot in martial arts tournaments. Fighting is a great way to uh, build up some character and some belief in yourself, guys. I know that we're not supposed to talk about that. Sparring. We'll call it sparring, okay? And I can only say that because I've sparred a bunch in the past. It is a great way to build up your own belief in yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? See, as a young man, we all kind of have this thing where we're like, we, we have an act that we're the tough big badass, but it's not till we physically had to prove ourselves a time or two to either ourself or to someone that was bullying us or to a group of people. It's not till that happens a time or two that we really start believing in ourselves, which can be good and dangerous at the same time, but every man needs to get to that point. I think that 
from that I realized that like these unconventional paths they brought me something that I wasn't getting from regular life I yep. get, it brought me self-esteem it gave me this feeling that I wasn't a loser it was the only thing that I'd ever done my whole life where I, I said wow maybe I'm not a loser right like, I kind of thought I was an outcast mm. and a loser and then all of a sudden I was successful at something only because I was obsessed with it but then I knew there was no way I was ever going to be able to hold a regular job. And then I got lucky when I was 21 and I found stand-up. And so from then on, I'd kind of like locked into this thing where I'm just going to do what I like and fuck what everybody says because everybody's giving me advice to do this and advice to do that. And it never seems to be right. what I want to do. And their advice is coming from a different world. Yeah. You know, and they mean well. And a lot of people live in a different world, guys. A lot of the people, your parents, a lot of other people that might not think the same way that you think, think that you should think the way they should think. And they think that the way that they think is the only way to think. And this is not it, guys. I mean, listen, there are doctors that go to work 70, 80 hours a week to make $300,000 a year, but they, they never really have time for themselves. They live for trying to help people and they do other things, you know, but you could easily work half that amount of time, you know, work, well, let's say 50, 60 hours a week, have enough money to live and get by and do okay and just kind of basically getting by and maybe socking a little in savings or an investment account every now and again. At several part-time jobs, you'd have to buy your own insurance, but you can do that. You know, it's not actually saving you money to do it through a company. A lot of you think, oh, well, my company pays for my insurance. No, they don't. They take it out of your paycheck. Look at it. Look at the rate of what it costs. If you're a single man and you've ever never had to buy insurance from yourself from, let's say, Blue Cross, you ain't saving that much going through a paycheck. But, well, I'll just let you figure that out on your own. But again, that depends on the job. But a lot of the times, guys, this lifestyle... Um, is what makes people unhappy. Constantly being in this state of, well, I got to go do this thing and I got to go be around these people who fucking suck. Now, I don't go around people who suck. I'm always around people who are positive and upbeat and like I, I don't work with any people that are bad or negative or everyone there is really, really great. And through no fault of their own, there's this company jargony thing that I got to play along with and act like, well, I'm a, you know, I got to act like I'm. And the truth is, I love everybody there. I don't care what color anybody is. I don't care what race they are. I don't care who they like to sleep with. It, none of that shit affects me in the slightest. But here I am sitting in front of a cartoon wizard talking about my perceived or unrecognized biases towards other people because of race, creed, color, sexual preference, or religion. And I'm just like, this is not only wasting my time, but it's somewhat insulting. Imagine if you would, guys, you come into a store and before they let you shop around or whatever and have you on the floor to shop around, they do this. They say, well, um, before we do that, we're going to tell you about all of our ways that we stop shoplifters. Well, wait a minute. I haven't stole anything. I know, but we want you to know how we're keeping an eye on our shoplifter situation before we let you in your store. You could sue for that in America. That would be grounds for a lawsuit. But for some reason, you can do it when it comes to disliking people, hating people. Let's get back in the chat. <clears throat> Mike P. Gone with John. I'm an associate network senior engineer currently. I'm going to my 25-hour 
help desk job because I have no work-life balance anymore. Oh man, dude, I'm, let's see here. Hold on, Mike, where'd you go? I'm in an office probably four out of five days per week. Sometimes the whole thing, the whole week, the work is unengaging. Oh, Mike, buddy, that's not good. I want my nights, weekends back. I only have to pay my utilities and make the mortgage payment every month. And I'm saving some money as well. Work hard has only gotten me more work and destroyed my work-life balance. You got to take it back, Mike. At some point, you got to take it back, man. You got to find a way to get it back to where it is. This is the trap that I see many men fall into, and I'm not I'm not blaming you, Mike. I've done this myself my, my life. Um, sometimes when you have one great job that pays you a decent living, but you are there all the time maintaining this job and this living, um, it can begin to eat away with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The money is great, Mike. Look, I hear you, man. I hear you. The money is great. That's the trade-off. They make the money great, but what great is good is the money is if you can't make yourself smile with it later. If an ice cream cone doesn't taste as good anymore when you're exhausted and finally get a chance to eat one. And I'm not knocking your hustle, sir, at all. Get your money. Get your money. But true freedom at one point for you, sir, is going to look like maybe less of a overall commitment. Do you remember the end of the movie Office Space? Um, Mike, where the guy, they've been working for this software company. And he's been, you know, talking to his construction worker neighbor who always seems to be happy and in a good mood and not really worried about anything. And everyone at his software company is stressed out all the time and under a large amount of pressure and uh, just on the edge. And at the end of the movie, the software company burns down or whatever, and he goes to work with his kind of crude construction worker neighbor who's always seems happy, you know? Uh, And he's so much happier as this construction worker who just does work with his hands and he's, you know, feels like at the end of the day he can see the work that he did with his own eyes and he can see the outcome of his labor and he has more of a sense of, of what his life means and it feels more like he's alive than it did when he was at the software company. And I think the, the message in of that is sometimes uh, we men work so hard to get the best possible paycheck, but sometimes that is a trade-off for a time coffin. Time coffin. An uncomfortable place that will hold you for a very long time if you're not careful. Let's continue. But they're coming from the whole other value system and a whole other expectation of their yeah. own lives and what your life should be and all of that. And and all of it is is not poison, but it's just kind of anathema to every breath you're taking and is ultimately useless because yeah. and they're always going to tote that line. That's what they've got. Like you've got what you've got. So when you say, here's how I do it, they're like, uh, you're crazy, man. And then you look at them in that job and you're like, uh, you're the crazy one amongst us because I couldn't handle wearing that tie every day and taking it from that dude. Yeah. And some people, I guess, like the corp. Mike says, I'm going to burn out and die early if I keep this current role. Yes, Mike. Yes. And understand that get you some money aside, get you, you know, six, eight months worth of bills saved up. You know, and then start looking around at other stuff while you're still working and get to a point where you can slowly back away. Maybe you end up getting to a place where you're working part time somewhere else for some decent enough money. And then you can tell them, hey, I'm only available this much. And then if they have a problem with that, you can just excuse yourself on out. 
because I promise you guys, the my the the day that you actually are seeing that you're capable of paying your bills and you're not at a job that was sucking the life out of you, which I have been at my last job, damn near destroyed me full time, traveling all the time. My ex-wife probably was not a fan of all the travel and me being gone if I had to guess, you know, because she told me so. Uh, yeah, you got it. You, food will taste better. The air will be fresher. You'll feel better. Once you see that there's another way to live without this job that you thought was your entire life, so many men think their job, their way of providing for themselves is the essence of their manhood and everything that they are is wrapped up to that. Other men think that it's pussy. Peace live. Excuse me, YouTube. Other men think that their ability to get and have peace leave around them defines them as a man. And none of it does. You know what really defines you as a man? Your happiness. Because when you deal with other people, they can tell if you're coming at them as a humble, happy, peaceful person. Remember dealing with some of your grandparents that were a people of God? They were maybe happy or calm or peaceful sat out in the garden in the evening time with a glass of sweet tea. Not rowdy, not drama-filled, not rambunctious. Remember that? That's where true freedom is going to come for most of you men. It's not going to be in how much peace leave you can get. It's not going to be in how much money you can stack, although it is good to have some money aside in case of a rainy day or in case you just need a, a bingo fund for when you get older. But, yeah... I, I highly recommend I I work super hard all the time, but that's because I have a mental thing where I don't slow down. I can't stop and I can't slow down. If I want to sleep tonight, I have to exhaust myself during the day. That's the only way that I can do it. So uh, I'm in a unique conundrum, but the rest of you guys, for sure, learn to balance out with what makes you happy. And sometimes not working and not thinking of being productive or how to be more productive is what will work for you. For me, that's my that's where I thrive is in that constant state of go. I don't know. I mean, I know why, but uh, that's how I like it. So I, I'm not unhappy with it. But not everyone could could. Uh, well, it, it would get exhausting quickly. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. For world, I just I got lucky and I found a bunch of shit that I like. And if you had said to me. You know, if you asked me if I was, you know, outside of my life and if I'm, I didn't know that I existed and you said, do you think it's possible to be a cage fighting commentator slash stand up comedian? I'd be like, no, those, right. Those, I mean, they don't I'll, go together. If, there's a bravery that one takes when one embraces the straight world that I simply don't have. There's a level of guts where you're like, well, I don't really like this job, but I love my family. I'm and I'm going to do this job until I die with no possibility of success uh, bigger or larger than this job. Do you understand, men, when you take a chance in life and you say, I'm not going to live the straight arrow way, and I don't mean that in terms of sexuality, I mean that in terms of I'm going to have a job, I'm going to make 40000 or 50000 or 60000 a year every day, every year for the rest of my life, and I'm going to have the house and make the payments, and I'm going to do the thing that everyone else does that doesn't get them success in a big way. Or you can be one of the guys that's like, you know what, I'm going to start my own little company and I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to focus on and this is how we're going to do it. And I'm going to work part time at my own company thing until eventually I'm making enough money to um, do my own thing full time. 
And then eventually you'll be making more money doing your own thing with more focus, more determination, more respect and love and admiration for what you do because you own the company. You're the man. You're the fucking dude that did it and put it all together. And if the human resources department says anything to you about it, you can fire them. You are the star of this show. You are the star of the movie. You are the it's all about you, men. But you got to start believing it first to do the right thing i don't i don't have a family so i don't really i'm not tethered to that value i i admire it and if i was a dad i'd be standing up but there's a kind of guts where you just get on that bus every day and go like damn man i don't like this job and you grimly hold on to your sack lunch and you just go do it i think like my mom and my dad i don't know them that well but they were very hard-working people and i'm not sure how much they act ever really loved their jobs like i can't wait to go to the office they just kind of went i'm an adult and this is what you do and they just kind of put put themselves through that grinder and turn the handle themselves yeah you know and they just and i think a lot of people all over the world they just kind of grimly set their jaw and go i'm an adult uh, and they go out into it and you look at a guy like iggy pop you know, who could never have a straight job. It would just be, you know, the thing would fall over. Right. Because he's an artist. He's the real thing. And it's it's innovation, but it's an intolerance. And it's, for me, uh, just a lack of courage to toe that line. I'm like, man, I just don't have it. I don't have the stamina to go into that building every day for 28 years. Like my dad went to one building for his whole life was one, one corporation he worked for. And then he stopped. I don't even know he's alive or dead, but he was that guy in that building every damn day, like every day, every day. And there's an honor and duty in that, but you lock yourself into a certain pay gap or a certain pay percentage, you know, you lock yourself into a certain uh, space where many of you probably don't want to be, if I had to guess. If I had to guess. Let's listen to this man talk about why he's 62 and he's refused to have a job. Record, man. What's your name, bro? Marlon Jackson. Marlon Jackson. Marlon oh, just Jackson. like the dates from the Jackson 5. That's like Marlon Jackson. <laughs> I was here first. Oh, okay. You were here first. named after him. And you said, you said you're 62 and years young. Old, and I never had a job. I just go live where there's an economy. Wow. And consumers us. You know, that's what you need if you have a product or service, somebody who can buy it. So you weren't looking for a check or a job. Yeah. You was looking for a consumer. I'm, and a, I'm looking for some money. Mm, all right. So is, And you learned at an early age that, that you don't need a job to get money. Well, you need to go where the job is. Some of you people live in Frog Balls, Arkansas, and there hasn't been a train through that town in 20 years. I'm just being real with you guys. I'm just being real with you. Sometimes you got to look at your situation and decide, hey, is this the place for me? Is this do I want to keep working at this corporate ass job with human resources breathing down my neck? They're all wanting to peg me. Or should I go to a place where I have more opportunities, more people, more jobs, more? Because, look, if you've got the money, living out in the middle of nowhere away from all the people is where it's at. I plan to move out there in the middle of nowhere. One day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be just gone. Gone with John. I'll be posting on my other channel. This is me on the back porch. I don't do shit anymore. Except fish and hunt, ride four-wheelers out in the desert, take hikes. But let's, let's let this man finish. I saw my dad, who was a strong Leo man, worked at the steel mill, 
And what happened was they laid everybody off when the Vietnam War went over and all these men became punks and weak and, you know, the mm. women were taking care of them. And I said to wow. myself, man, I'm not going to give nobody a chance to fire me. Wow. Wow. You know? Wow. I'm not going to give anybody a chance to fire me. I mean, they might fire me, but I'll have 10 other things going on. 10. I might be eating mama noodles. I might struggle by. But I'll be damned if I'm going to be under the boot of another man or woman. And I'm not going to do it because it broke my heart to see my dad, you know, become this. Because all he knew was steel. He didn't know anything. They didn't train him to do anything else. And, uh, and he died early at 55. I mean, it really, oh, man. That, that's when the wino got started because all these guys who got laid off would just sit around drinking wine and playing checkers and you know what I'm saying? Right, wow. And just giving up on life because they didn't know what else to do. Wow, wow, wow. So for you, being an entrepreneur wasn't just about money, it was about preserving your manhood. Yeah, man, I'm not a good man. I can't work for nobody. I love him. I can't have a boss. All right, man. I, I love it. My that. kids got something to do. I want to go see it. I don't need to go to nobody to ask for permission. Right on, right on. So, do you feel like? Did you feel like the majority of the the men you know have that mindset? Do you think it's the opposite that the majority? Well, I think we mess our little men up because we tell them to get a job. We tell them they need to work, and those are slave terms. We need to tell our young kids you need to make some money. Mm. And there's a thousand ways to do that other than going and working at McDonald's, guys. I mean, there really is. I mean, you may not like it, but I remember in high school, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, went to Stranahan High. Shout out to the Dragons. And I had a friend that lived on the end of my road, and uh, he had a lawnmower business. Now, he was a senior in high school. I was a junior at the time, and I hung out with him. I passed him all the time on the bus stop and stuff, and he had a truck, and he had a trailer, and he had a couple lawnmowers and weed eaters and just all the basics, just all the basics. And he, as a senior in high school, that guy was making like 50-something thousand dollars a year. He had a nice bass boat. And he had just everything you could think of for a senior in high school. And I said, man, your parents must be rich. And he said, I live on the same street you live on. And it hit me for a moment. I was like, man, he really, he lives in the same street I'm on, in the same of like one of five housing styles that were available at that time for the Lauderdale Lanes. And it hit me. And I was like, well, man, do your parents buy you this? He's like, no, man. He's like, I cut grass. He said, I cut grass for two, three, four hours after school. As soon as we get out at three, we got out at uh, 245 sometimes or whatever over there out in Fort Lauderdale. And he'd go and he'd cut grass till like six or seven. It, it would be light out there for a very long time. Then on Saturday or Sunday, he never did anything, never at the school games or anything. He's cutting grass Saturday and Sunday all day. Cutting grass. But this this kid, by the time he even graduated high school, he had money in the bank when other kids were about to go to college. And that was in 1995. So at least other kids got a decent education back then. If you got a college degree now, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do for it. Burn it for warmth, I guess. Because most of these college jobs are going away. Guys, most of these college jobs are going away. I don't know if y'all noticed this or the direction that things are moving in the country. In the world, quite frankly. But half this shit's about to be done by machines and robots. ChatGPT can already have damn near a conversation with you. So tell me for one reason why you can't say two all beef patties, buns and shit at the burger joint. And a robot can't be like, beep boop, here's your change, fuck you, from McDonald's. Tell me why not. I mean... <laughs> 
it's going to be easy in the end, man. It's going to be real easy. A lot of these college degrees that cost 500000 you ain't even a doctor or a lawyer. You're going to have a $500,000 degree to do something that ain't even going to exist in three years. Not even, I mean, some of these titles too, human resources, coordinator of what? Some of the titles, man, associate to the assistant of the director of the, please, man, please. It's ridiculous. You know, so their minds will open up and they can start innovating because it's hard to get a job when 10 million people are applying for the same job. Yep. And we do these to our kids, man, and these kids almost like, I'd rather go smoke some weed. Wow, wow. They try to compete office? with a bunch of everybody with applications standing in line for two or three days. You know what I mean? And wow. And that's the other part of it is there is a very, we don't talk about this a lot as men, but we need to talk more about this. There is something extremely emasculating, disheartening, and uh, gut-wrenching about knowing that you're competing and trying your best to get a job that barely pays any fucking money. Some of these times they're like, well, you, you're say you're new out of high school and you're like, I need to make it some money and I need to get a job. And you go out and everywhere you go, they're like, oh, high school. Well, you don't have any qualifications. We can even in today's world, we can give you 10, 12 dollars an hour, maybe. Maybe we can give you 10, 12 dollars an hour. You don't have any degrees. You don't have anything. Not that a degree would fucking matter today, but. It's disheartening. Then you've got to jump through hoops, sit with the HR bullshit and talk about all this stuff. And they're running your background, testing your piss, poking you. All this stuff so you can make 10 to $14 an hour working for a company that don't give a rat shit about you. And they're surprised that people don't want to come out here and do it. They're amazed. We can't find anyone to work. Have you tried paying people? Like a living wage, like something they could actually live on? Well, we can't. Our profit margin is, oh, well, your CEO makes $200 million a year. Couldn't you give them $20 million a year and they'd still be able to technically eat their dinner and then split the remaining amongst the people in the company to make it so that people actually want to come into work? No, no, that sounds like communism. No, no, no. Understand, and I'm not trying to be a socialist or a communist, but understand this. Here's the other side of the coin of logic that you're not thinking about. So you don't have people come into work. The company goes bankrupt. The CEO goes to another company or loses his job. So the whole big thing was a big fuck you nothing burger because you chose not to take any action at all. You chose to have inaction. Well, we'll just let the CEO make $300 million a year while this guy can't barely pay his light bill and he's the one cashing the money he's the one taking money from the customer he's the one interacting with our precious customers why would we want to pay him a living wage soulless companies out here man soulless because they're after the data and when you chase the data the diversity the inclusion when you chase the numbers you lose the soul when you chase the data points, you do things like you save the man instead of the child from drowning because the man has a better chance of living. A human knows to save the child or at least attempt it. The man is on his own. You see, it's a very simple nuance 
that we don't think much about. But this is where we are as a society. Everyone's going along with the data. Oh, it feels good. All our genitals tingle when we are inclusive and diversified and all this other shit. Oh, look at us all. We're all just, oh, what are you, virtue signaling to one another of how great and wonderful and how great we are. Look at us. Data, data, data. Meanwhile, in reality, eh, the system is crumbling. The economic system is crumbling. The roads are crumbling. Did you guys see the uh, chocolate factory blew up the other day? Another food plant blew up. Isn't that weird? I didn't even know chocolate was explosive. Fucking crazy. Maybe it was a gas leak. Maybe it was, who knows? But that's like the 20th or 30th uh, food processing plant fire in the last four years. You figure it out. You figure it out. Wow. Been using that same time to go out here and wash windows or clean cars. I know a guy at the car wash up here makes four hundred dollars a day. Mm. Uh huh. And y'all don't think about this. Some of you guys ask me, like Johnny, how can I make more money? Johnny, what can I? You got to think outside the box, man. I got a video on here about doing real estate photography for you know. If you line enough jobs up, you can make money. I have a friend. One of my best friends started a company cleaning windows. Now, he hasn't branched out as much into commercially right now. He's mostly doing residential, but man, he'll go clean a nice house's windows and do like just the outside and it'll be $250 for like two, three hours worth of work, four hours worth of work. And it's a good price. It's a professionally done job. He has all the chemicals and all the stuff done right and he's got the water-fed pole system, and he's got everything done right and professionally so he can charge a premium on it. And people pay it. And the season's coming back around, but that's cleaning windows. And some of you guys are like, well, I don't want to be a window cleaner. And well, um, I don't know. I worked the other day for him and I was just one of his helpers and I got paid substantially. Now, again, he's one of my friends, but if you start your own window cleaning company and you did your own thing, and you went to a house and charged $250 and it took you five hours to do the whole house. Well, you worked five hours that day and made $250. Cleaning windows. Oh, well, that doesn't sound... Sp I want to be the executive manager of the corporate cock. I want to be the CEO's right hand. Why? What? Man, we got to get our priorities straight. Let's continue with this nice gentleman. It's just out there, people come who don't, consumers, who don't want to clean their own car. Wow. He makes about $20 a car, and he's making $400 a day. He don't have no overhead, he, you know. But you just got to think, make money so that we can free our mind. Wow, wow. Because work and job are slave words. That's what mm. slaves do. Mm. Mm. Wow, man, you preaching? It's funny. Did, did you did you catch the speech I gave? No, I didn't. I that, that's what's funny. You yeah. you didn't hear the speech. I was talking about this, but you didn't. But hear I know Ron. I'm his personal assistant. So uh, oh, okay. You Ron from Oakland. I'm from Philly. I'm Malcolm X. He's Black Panther. <laughs> so, you know, so man, wow. So we get it, man. Yeah, we just try to get everybody else to get it. Well, you preaching to me, man, and 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 I learned a lot of my manhood from you know the big brothers like yourself yeah. that. Speaking of big brothers, we got one right here. Guys, look here. We got two men in the chat right here. Cal Not Superman and Rusty Rivers. Two men made it. Two men worked their balls off to get to where they're at. Shout out to Cal Not Superman dropping 100 on today's uh, live stream. Thank you for your support, Cal. Trade skills are the future. Make women pay. Guys, what a great idea. Get a trade. Listen, <laughs> women are always going to have clogged up toilets. 
They're always going to have cat turds clogging up their toilets. They're always going to have these things going on at their house. Become a tradesman. Not so you can get the girlsa, but so that you can bill the girlsa back some of the money you spent on them. Shout out to Aaron Clary. Right? Guys, this is a great advice. Cal says it right here. Trade skills are the future, guys. People aren't going to need corporate executive directors of Bobby Sue down in accounts purchasing. People are not going to need that in 10 years, guys. Five years. Now is the time. Learn to weld. If you are... Guys, I got certified scuba diver when I was 14. I'm now E-certified. Um... And when I did that, I met a lot of people in scuba diving. And I met a guy one time that really interested me because he was a scuba diver, but he was also a welder. And I said, well, that's really cool. I said, how did the two come together? And he said, well, about a year ago, he got whatever certification it is to do underwater welding. So he got hired out by some oil company to go underwater and weld pieces of metal, like literally while he's underwater and scuba diving, which he enjoyed. I enjoy it too. It's a lot of fun. If you're not scared, if you freak out at 80 feet of water because your O-ring pops, you're going to, it's not a place for freak outs. You have to be very calm. Um, but the point is he went from making like 80,000 a year as a welder to making 180,000 a year because he was doing it underwater and they treat them like kings. He said they have steak for him on the rig every night. They eat like kings. They do it. They, you know, so you think about it, guys. The trades are where it's at. Shout out to Cal, not Superman. Good point, sir. Become a plumber. Guys, plumbers make good money. Plumbers make good money. And I know some of you guys are like, well, I don't want to be a plumber. I don't want people to think of me as a plumber. And there's no shame in being a plumber, guys. There's no shame in, in fixing the stuff. Whether your electricity goes out or your shitter goes out, you're going to want them both fixed. You're going to want a professional to show up and look like he knows what he's doing or at very least is married to his sister, right? Shout out to my plumbers and my electricians. But you want a professional. The trades are going to be where it's at, especially for men, especially going forward. Because if you ain't got a trade and you're in a corporate office and you're going to be subject to women in the human resources department who may or may not like you. Maybe you are like me and you have a bald head through no fault of your own. So you shave it. So when people see you, they're like, look at this honky cracker. He's an Aryan nation guy. No, I'm, I'm ba just bald. It's just I'm just bald. I don't dislike anyone. I just shave it because it's, you know, a nasty pattern up here. It's not very appealing. And even though I'm not trying to attract females or males, I'm trying not to look like I don't value myself enough to at least clean up the nasty hair. But do you see what I'm saying, guys? Do you want to have to deal with these human resources ladies who may have a problem with you later? Who may tell you, oh, fuck it, I didn't like you. you well, you said one day that it was a nice day and I thought you meant my ass looked nice. You're fired. Guys, if you're in the trades, you ain't getting fired. You're going to be on call. You're getting hired. Your shit's going to be beeping and paging and going off. Hey, my toilet's clogged. Hey, my electricity's out. My breaker went out. Hey, come help. The trades, man. The trades. Do you know how many people a day just in America alone weld something, two pieces of metal together? It's a lot. And those guys make good-ass money. I know a guy that's just out of a welding apprenticeship and I mean, I think when he was apprenticing, he was doing side help for them for like $20 an hour. Now he makes $60 an hour as a welder. 
just just overnight everything was done and he had now he did put in some time did do the apprenticeship did prove himself did put in some work but after that boom just like that now he's just welding just doing the same thing welding you ever seen those guys guys he's got a big mask on protecting his face face shield fireproof leathers trying not to burst into flames you know what i'm saying there's music playing in the background all the windows in the building are open due to the smoke. There's no HR department running around. We want to make sure that your fireproof garment is... No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Let's continue, boys. I got more for you here. I got more. Let's listen to another one here. Let's listen to another one, guys. Let's listen to another one. Hold on, boys. Yeah, man, like there's a real movement right now towards minimalism or where people are trying to pare their life down as much as possible. Yeah, I think people don't want to get involved with like banks and fucking having to like mortgage themselves and their, their lifestyle just for the sake of like having things. Yep. And they're like, and so they get into like stuff like camping and hiking. Well, it's also you got to think like, what do you really appreciate? What's important to you? Like what's really important to you? Yeah. Outdoors and the time with my kids. Time with my kids and outdoors are all that really matters to me, guys. I don't need a bunch of other stuff. All the fancy stuff and all the fancy things of life. I've had a lot of those things before. They didn't make me any happier. They really kind of brought stress into my life. If I, if I can be honest, guys, there was a time in my life I had a really nice, well, several times I had a nice sports car. But there was one I had one in particular that I was really fond of and Times, hard times hit, couldn't afford it, didn't know when they were going to come and repossess it. And of course, they did come and repossess it one day. But um, I loved having it, but just the thought of losing it was torture. The thought of wrecking it one day, torture. So I realized that the things that, uh, you know, not to be cliche or fight clubby, but the things you own end up owning you in a small way. Not forever, right? So what is important to you? Because you only have 24 hours in a day. So what's important to you? Find out what the fuck that is and do more of that. Yeah. And try to figure out like how to, how to make enough money so that you're not starving, that you're doing well. Yeah. But don't just chase that. Chase what you're trying to do. Like the the point system attached to it, the monetary point system, it can get you all fucked up because it'll get you t working like twelve hours a day, thirteen hours a to day to get what? To get more stuff, to get better stuff, to get more prestigious stuff, to get stuff that you know all your other stuff having friends are really jealous of your stuff. Yeah, you're just gonna die, bro. And it's not even long term. I mean, like, what are you getting out of it now? That's, that's what, what I meant. That's what's a, most important. A, yeah, a ton of people that are like, I don't want that shit. So I'm just gonna do a job. You know, working on a tugboat in Seattle for a few months, save up money, and then go fucking enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people that are... Yeah, a lot of people do this. One of my favorite YouTubers, guys, Joe Frenia, I think is his name. Hold on, I'll find his page for you and give you a link. He has two pages. He has two sites on YouTube. One of them is his, um, his boating uh, YouTube page. What he is, is he's a uh, merchant mariner. He goes on these big shipping ships and travels over to Turkey and picks up cargo and then takes it to Dubai and then drops it off in New York and then goes to Texas and picks up some coal and takes it to Indonesia. All of these types of things. 
But the thing is, when he's gone and he's away, he's not paying rent. He's not paying a power bill. He's not paying. He's literally living on the ship and the company ship is paying for the food and the everything else. He's receiving a very handsome paycheck for sometimes three months worth of work, sometimes six months worth of work. But you understand that when he gets off the ship, he's made a bunch of, pro, um, you know, um, profit, a bunch of money. Doesn't have to worry about doing anything else for a while. And then he'll go in his RV, which is his second YouTube channel, and travel around in his RV and just see the world, see the well, see the U.S., the sites. And he'll keep his computer on and he'll sign up for another ship's log uh, a few months later. So maybe he'll go out and make $20,000 in three months and then he'll come back and then he'll take a month off and then he'll take a trip somewhere else with another company and take a job on their ship for five months. And he knows, well, I'll be gone for five months and he'll come back after five months with $50,000 or $40,000 or whatever it is that that sign up, having not paid rent and having a lump sum in hand. That that can change your life. Some of you guys that are like, I don't know what to do with my life right now. And I don't, well, if you're drug free and you don't have an alcohol problem, I would recommend looking into a merchant mariner pro program. Hopefully you live close enough to um, a port somewhere or water so that you can look into those options. Because if you can get on one of those ships and travel around and work those different ships, you might be a dude that can work on a ship with a bunch of dudes, no human resources department for the most part, Handling man shit around men on ships, having an adventure, seeing the world a little bit, and you might work six, eight months, and ten months a year and make eighty, ninety, a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Or more. Some of the some of the jobs that to keep you out for six months pay you handsomely. Handsomely. You know, you might make in six months on one of these just trips out where you're doing basic ship-related work, you might make a whole year's worth of salary. You might make $60,000, $70,000. It just depends what the what the uh, trip entails. But check out Joe's channel. Not this, not Joe Rogan, but that one I put in the thing is Joe Frania or Francia or whatever. That's his Merchant Mariner channel where he films traveling around the world on a Merchant Marine ship. Adventure, excitement, high pay, no rent. No internet bill, no cable, no none of that. Your boat might get approached by Somali pirates, but you guys can obviously fend for yourself under those circumstances outside of uh, waters, U.S. waters. We won't go too much into that, but trust me, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. <clears throat> now, your ship might sink. That might be a different story, but... We all take a risk every time we walk out on the sidewalk that a car might jump the sidewalk and, and crash us. Just choosing to look at everything that they can see, experienced yeah. every new place that they can go to. That Henry Rollins podcast, man, it's a world changer. Yeah. That crazy fucker. Yeah, he is. He's fascinating. Yeah. He's a fast, I never met anybody like him. He's really fascinating. Yeah, he goes and like does stuff and sees stuff. I met a bunch of people doing gap years. What's a gap year? Yeah, exactly. What's a gap year? It's all over every other country. Yep. It's not ours. What's that mean? In between high school and college. You're leaving your friends. You're about to make new friends. Oh, take Get a year Get out here off. for a year. In between college and grad school or college and, and, and your first year of work, a now's the time. Year. Well, 
European countries have a point in this more relaxed approach yeah. to like the future and your life. Yeah. They really do. This this conqueror's mentality. I wonder how many heart attacks we have in comparison to European people. I don't know, but mm. it's like we're not living our lives. You know Germans get off how many Are you familiar with the uh vacation time leave in America? What is it? It's 2 weeks pretty much. That's everywhere. it. 2 weeks vacation, 2 weeks sick. Do you get paid vacation? Paid vacation, 2 okay. weeks. Is that standard? Is yeah, that's a standard. Okay. That's 9 to 5.30, you know. Um, in Germany and most of Europe, definitely all of Scandinavia, you get 25 days off. Five Jesus. weeks. Jesus. And, and if you get sick during those weeks off, if you had to go to a hospital in, in wherever country you're in and you show them I was in a hospital, you get those days back. They'll count against your sick time instead. Hmm. And they expect you to take the, the, the vacation time, too. Not like here, with like, come on, you can't really use it. You know what's fucked up? What? Sick time. Like, I, I ran out of sick days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what? What do you mean? You're sick. I... Oh, man, great information. Shout out to Cal, not Superman. Not only for donating to the channel again um, and helping us keep going, but check this out, guys. Where is it? Did I lose it? I can't be that far behind. I'm certainly not. Sorry, my chat went crazy, guys. Calnot Superman says, get a passport, then get your TWIC card. T-W-I-C card. Let's look this up. The Transportation Worker Identification Credential, also known as TWIC, is required by the Maritime Transportation Security Act for workers who need access to secure areas of the nation's maritime facilities and vessels. Excuse me. Man, shout out to you, Cal. Who else would have known that shit? Who else would have known that, man? Twick card, guys. I highly recommend if you're somebody that wants to make a move or do something along these lines, look up Twick card because it can get you more access to these types of things. And I'm assuming there are a lot of little things like perhaps Twit card. I'm not sure if it does or not, but there are many things you can get that are um, kind of like certifications or accessories to jobs that you might do that are pieces of paper or whatever, certs that you can get that will up your pay scale even further if you have them. Sometimes it may be you speak another language and that might up your scale, your pay scale. It, it, whatever job, but definitely at these other jobs out here like this. You know, if you're getting stationed on a ship and you're going out in the middle of uh, wherever and you happen to speak an extra language or two, you will be considered a, uh, you know, a certain um, higher priority. You'll have a, a high status there because you have more usefulness to the group should you need to speak in that language to said people. Let's continue you're sick yeah like either you're a fucking liar or i trust you yeah. <laughs> now if i trust you you're just really unfortunate and if i love you and we're friends and we work together um i want you to get better yeah, sucks, i don't want you, you to motto, say so okay yeah you you don't have to come back to work because you know you already used up your 14 days <laughs> so you get exactly sick the same amount of time every year too Guys, I also want to stop and thank, I've been meaning to do this for like four live streams now. Sorry, guys. I just want us to take a moment and thank several people who have dropped me cash app donations here for the Gone With John show lately, who I may or may not have thanked uh, at any point. But Stephen N., thanks so much. Mr. International, thank you, brother. Chan, Chan again. Mr. International again. Percy V., you hit me up the other night. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for your support. 
Looks like uh, Will Nick L. Thank you so much for your support and your question last night. I got it. I'm going to work on a video for you that I'll post here on YouTube for everyone to watch. Thank you so much. Also, shout out to Mr. Kush. Um, grateful for all of your love and support. Also, you've always been a huge help to me here, simply from uh, not just financial support, but a motivational level as well. Let's continue, guys. Yeah, can you imagine telling somebody, hey, buddy, you're out of sick days. I'm going to have to dock. Rusty says, somebody say port. <laughs> Shout out to Rusty. Shout out to all the guys in the chat today. Thanks, guys. You could have been anywhere on Sunday, but you're here with me. You guys could have been over at OnlyFans, but you're here with me. Taking some control of your life as a man. Good for you. Five, nine yeah. to five. Nine to five. Morning, nine Sam. To five. Morning, Bob. Nine to five. It's Ugh. nine to five thirty or six. Oh, yeah. If you want to oh, take a lunch break. You well, don't get paid for that anymore. I know, Kush. I gotta hook you up, man. Uh, you want which crackhead? You want you like a uh, cap? What's his name? Captain Crack Sparrow. <laughs> which one do you like, Kush? Let me know and I'll make it for you. Cause I do need to make a few. I gotta edit some. I got a bunch of shit to do. But let me know, Kush, and I'll hook you up, sir. Which is your favorite crackhead? Radical Rafter. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Let's continue, guys. <clears throat> Mike C says block all traffic on port 80 and 443. Yeah, it's uh, 168.192.1. <laughs> Let's continue, guys. You don't? No, it's not 9 to 5 anymore. Is that mm. Trump? Did he do this? No, no. It's, no. Been, with Trump. <laughs> it's been a long time. 9 to 5. It's nine bullshit. To five, 9 to 5. Could you imagine? You got it, Kush. Captain Crack Sparrow, my man. Imagine. What a weird, weird decision to make the most significant thing be the productivity. It's brave the new amount world. Of money. Who, where's that horn going off, young Jamie? You hear that? Is it in the back? Just give it a little double check. Go out there with the baseball bat. Tell him to shut the fuck up. But, Just, like, walk toward... Oh, boys. Let's get into the next one here. Don't worry. Another thing is the forced fun at work all of the forced oh we gotta be family members we gotta be friends we gotta be don't you want to be family members with bob in accounting no bob scares me quite frankly i don't i would rather not be forced to interact with people you know what i mean like imagine that guys if we have all these rules and laws about grape and touching each other and personal space and all this other. But the second you get in a company, what do they do? Hey, this is so-and-so. She's batshit insane. Shake her hand. Look, she brought a potluck. It's got cat hair in it. You want a bite? Take a bite if you're one of us. No thanks. I'm good. We love getting together for coffee, meetings, or just to hang out. But now with the lockdown, all offices are closed. How we miss those times. So before yeah. the soft sewer words, we were wondering how we could take the real shout out to this foldable looking lady real networking and celebration atmosphere into the online world. This office is a cubicle farm. And she just said, oh, how we miss those times. I don't think anyone misses sitting in these claustrophobic cubicles. No mm -mm. one misses this. Mm -mm. And no one except management misses this. Oh, how we miss these times. No one does. We took a risk and brought subservience to a new platform so they could be inspired with new emotions and experiences. It was quite a challenge. How would they react? 
Would they like it? How would we communicate with the audience in virtual reality? But we did it! Welcome everyone! Yeah, we made some mistakes. There were a few funny bugs. Oksana, where are you? But everything turned out great! Congratulations! Why? Like, you, do you guys want to hang out with your coworkers in virtual reality when you could be doing literally anything else? Like, I'd rather get a root canal. Your work, but no, you can you can join a virtual reality event with your company and get a virtual reward. This is what saddens me most for the human race is when I see stuff like this and I know that there's people out there that actually get excited about this. Like when I look at this, I can't tell you the number of things I would rather do than be a part of whatever the hell I'm looking at on the television screen. But for I know there are people out there that are like, yeah, game changer. This is a new level unlocked. What game? Doesn't matter. It's new. It's right there. I can see it in those three letters. New. That's got to be good, right? Everything new is good. Yes. Guys, uh, <clears throat> look, most of y'all are doomed. Not because you're not intelligent, but because there's going to be a large scale number of dumb people around you uh, when shit goes south. A lot of smart, good people are going to be, unfortunately, uh, you know, trapped in the sea of stupidity and crabs in a bucket mentality when things go south. It's going to be sad. Now, soft serve is a synonym for adventure and boldness. Soft serve is a synonym for what it looks like after I have Taco Bell. Pretty much. And I think they call their people soft servians too. I think of just poop emojis. But the most important part is we transformed the emotions we were lacking. <laughs> this is where we're getting to, guys, is they're trying to push this narrative and idea of they've transformed the emotions that we're lacking into whatever this emotionless, soulless, I don't even know what I'm looking at is. Also, though, check out the booty on this avatar. This bitch been doing squats all day. Look at her. Good lord. Yeah, good thing, good thing they fixed all the emotions. And incorporated a sense of much-needed human contact. <sighs> if I hear one more thing about human contact through an app, I, honestly, like, I'm losing my patience with you humans. My time here is limited, and this shit is wearing thin on me. Everywhere I look, I see humans trying to interact and engage with other humans through computers and apps. And listen, I am a computer app motherfucker. Guys, you will rarely meet anyone more technologically in love with all things technical and computer and wired and electrical than me. I love that shit. The schematics, the math. Oh, I could rub one out right now to thinking about the schematics. But I won't. I just want you to know that, like, that's my jam. I love that stuff. But quite frankly, I also know a thing or two about human beings. And I can tell you that... You're not going to really have any meaningful coming togethers of people through apps and all this other shit. Apps are how you like sell your old sneakers or something or your old baseball cards. Honestly, it's not how you meet people to have interactions with that are meaningful and etc. etc. Now, if she's trying to exchange peace leave for money, that's a whole other story. And I look, I'm not. Hey, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Stop. As humans, we all got to stop. Talk, talk to another human being. Listen, 
This is going to sound crazy, but did you know you can actually communicate with other humans on the planet without a Wi-Fi signal or a Bluetooth connection or like you can actually talk to them? I mean, you're going to find out a large percent of them are, well, not intelligent or are assholes or dickheads or whatever the case is. And I don't mean good assholes like me, but like bad assholes like, you know. Like, I'll never tell you about yourself and go off on you and have a big major dis... We're not going to have a blow up. I'll just be like, ah, see you later. I might call you out if you've been talking shit and I find out about it. Sometimes I've been known to do that, but that's only because I've been betrayed by someone I thought was cool who turns out to be nothing more than just another horseshit-ass piece-of-shit person. Reminding me very much of female behavior and feminine behavior and... Female manipulation tactics to distort the way other people think about another person. This is narcissism. Let's continue. To survive 2020 was like to survive in the movie The Revenant, but hey, I got the Oscars, so thank you. <sighs> Don't even get me started on all this Holly weird shit where we, oh, the Oscars and the really that's important. So much. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Surviving 2020 was like Leonardo DiCaprio getting mauled by a bear. That's exactly what sitting in your house is like. 100%. <laughs> hmm. Just when you thought that you've typed in everything on LinkedIn and you've seen everything on LinkedIn, you type in something new and there's a new gold mine. Today I typed in hashtag work fun and uh, I, I think I saw the opposite of what the definition of work fun is. In fact, I'd even venture as far to say that uh, work fun is the appropriation of the word fun. None of us at work like it when some person in HR comes and says, hey guys, we're doing this fun activity from X time to X time, and you had no say in the matter, Yuck. but you have to go. And I think we can all agree that this is terrible. And Yuck. Work fun. Absolutely unbelievable, guys. That's the worst, man. We're going to have you be forced to hang out with every all these other people who are all just here for a paycheck. None of these people are here to be best friends with new people. They're We'd just here for a paycheck. We'd much rather be doing other things with our lives. This is from the president and CCO at the Killer Brownie Company. On Fridays, we sing Katy Perry. Wow, guys. Listen. Hey, if I ever got to show up to work and learn Katy Perry words, I'm going home. I'm just saying, man, like if I ever have to show up and this is what we're doing, that's a no, dog. Like I'm not doing this. No, I don't want to sing anything, quite frankly. Hey, George McFly, good to see you, sir. You come back to the future to see us? That's, that's not a good joke, guys. Sorry. Happy employees make happy brownies. Shut up, Doug. Good morning, Pancake Flippers. Our teammates from Dublin celebrated Pancakes Day with Flip the Pancake Challenge. Embracing remote work is a challenge. But <sighs> Flip the Pancake Challenge. Jesus Christ. The level of entertainment I feel for most human beings has me just... It's nuts. Listen. I flipped a pancake. I haven't been in the kitchen in two years and my husband couldn't believe I was in here, but I got him to hold the camera because he wasn't doing anything. 
And look, I'm flipping the pancake for social media. It's a flip the pancake challenge. Hashtag blow my brains out. That won't stop us from sharing some early morning fun before the day begins. That's Holy right. shit, dude. You got to wake up, film a video, submit it to your stupid pancake challenge Slack channel because you know it exists. Also, that HR can post about how your company has fun at work. I can't play the audio for this video, but it is the intro music for Sex in the City. You see, I have... Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be the intro music for Sex in the City to be? Honestly, like most of the time, whenever I see women at all right now, I just cue up the Sex in the City music in my, the back of my head. I'm going to put it on my phone as like a button that I can just press real rapidly. And anytime I have an interaction with a woman at all, I'm just going to play that lowly on low in the background. And see if she even notices. And if she does, I'll just say, oh, that's weird. But yeah, Sex in the City. Every time I listen to one of them and they're talking and they're like, yeah, Mr. Big this and I got men all over the man, please, please. A major problem when companies want you to have fun doing things for work when you're not at work. When you're not at work, you're not at work. Go do things that you... Yeah, guys. And this is what I was alluding to earlier with the diversity angle. It's you can't force people to think or feel certain ways. And even attempting to do so makes you a narcissist. We talk about narcissism here all the time. And if you're the company I work for and you're like, hey, you got to come in in a positive attitude. You got to be this and you got to be that. You got to be hang out with Susie and hang out with so-and-so and, -so and got to be accepting of everyone and got to be. I know all that. You don't have to fucking tell me that. But when you tell me, it's kind of like you're twisting the knife. That's like, hey, I got you right where I want you. Yeah, it's not nice choose to do this is what it looks like when people are filming company promotional videos about why i love to work here this is the behind the scenes Ugh. look at how forced it is i love working Wait. i love working at nobu give me a beat to where you're looking at the camera not i love him because that looks weird when you start it so look at the camera take it i love working here this is a good thing this makes me happy a breath and start I love working for Noble Roofing. <laughs> Sorry. No, not. Why do I am uh, happy to work for Noble Roofing? Well, you have I... a line on your nose. Alright, this one doesn't have anything to do with hashtag fun, but um, what a best employee can get. Then recognition of the efforts which <sighs> they put into their work. Chief <sighs> Executive Officer would like to offer my sincere appreciation. What happens if they give you this and it doesn't have all the check marks? What if you just have like one check mark? Thumbs up. Ke keep up the good work. She looks like. How about some money? How about corporations pay with the money? How about enough of the fake appreciation and pizza parties like we're in third grade and you come with the money? You know, we're coming to work to get the money. We're not coming because we believe in your corporate bullshit. I don't know if you company people know this, but we, we're we coming to get paid. So if you're really proud and you're really happy and you really want more of a certain behavior, money. Fuck your pizza party and all your stupid ass horse shit. Click on this email to get a happy birthday from the CEO. Hopefully his car doesn't flip off the road in Minecraft and burst into flames. You know what I'm saying? How about money? She's about to cry. Over this piece of paper that does nothing? Mm -hmm. Come on. This is just psychological manipulation. All the companies are doing it now. Why give money when... Psychological manipulation. That's what this whole video has been about. Some of you may have picked up on it. Some of you may not have. The video I had to watch where they told me that I have unrecognized biases was just to tell me that I'm flawed in some other way that I wasn't even thinking about.
Psychological manipulation. Let's continue. They can just give you a appreciation paper. This is not an award. This is a piece of paper with a border around it. <laughs> Another celebration in the office. Congratulations. Happy work anniversary. Hashtag work anniversary. Hashtag Holy work shit. fun. Hashtag employee anniversary. Work anniversary. Teamwork team manager. Company birthday. Company celebration. Dedication. Happy business. Year anniversary. Work family. Hard work. Journey. Celebrate work. Great. Okay. Sounds like a lot of fun. I think this is the definition of I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they obviously gave this guy a cake. The man didn't even take out his headphones. Why don't they have masks on? But he has a thing on his chair to protect from germs. A little little odd but as a true developer he's got the sprite two liter there with just a little bit left it's probably flat probably lukewarm they were all excited they're like we're gonna give him this cake and we're gonna bring it to him and it's gonna make our company look so good and <laughs> dude just doesn't care just another thursday in the office such a fun team event social event last week man when i look at what some people call fun i mean granted maybe my thing isn't for everybody catching fish and going hiking and getting out in nature and seeing wild animals and taking pictures of cool shit out in nature and appreciating the beauty of the symmetry symmetry that is nature. <clears throat> that, I love that kind of stuff. Going on a car ride in a nice car. All of these kinds of things I find very fun, but all of this pretending to be having fun at work, how about you pretend to do some work? Because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm tired of going into companies where nobody can help me and everyone understands. You ever call with a problem about something? Sir, I definitely understand and I can't help you. There's nothing I can do to help you, sir, but I do understand. Thank you. Yes, of course, uh, I can imagine that's a terrible way to feel about what you've been through. Everyone's got all the check marks on the call-in spreadsheet. Courtesy, concern. Yeah. Oh, I definitely can understand, sir, and there's nothing I can do. You're going to be paying double for a service that no longer works. Thanks for calling. All right, happy day at work. Via Zoom, superhero teams solving riddles and figuring out answers from clues. The Bruh. thing is like, if they make you do this during the day and you're getting paid for it, some of you are like, well, I don't have to work and I get paid to do this instead. But like, what you guys don't understand is that it's delaying you from getting your work done. Exactly, that's the problem I have with the job up here. When I go up there and get the tiny bit of pay that they give me, which is really more about getting me out of the house and away from the lake and out here. But when I go in to make that money, I want to get the work done. And they want me to sit down at this computer and talk to this cartoon wizard like I'm a 12 year old. And it's telling me that, oh, let's talk about your bias. What biases? I, I didn't even think of the word bias till you said something. I don't have time for this shit throughout my day to look at other people negatively or have biases or I don't care. And we're wasting my time when I have to sit and deal with this human resources. Watch this video about equity and diversity. And I, I don't care. I hope everyone's great and happy and I don't have any problems with anyone. So why am I watching a diversity video? I mean, shouldn't this be like something that you want, you know, like shouldn't the sex offender have to watch the sex offender video? And then maybe I don't have to because I'm not sexually offending anyone or whatever the case is. Good mother. Good to see you. We're talking about your subject today. <clears throat> Had to watch a stupid video with a wizard telling me I have unrecognized biases. And I refused to finish the video and ended up telling the boss that, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, I'll come in and I'll move this and I'll do what you want me to do here physically at the job. I'll do the labor, but I'm literally not going to watch these videos anymore where they tell me that I'm biased against other people. 
I'm not going to watch another video where they tell me, and this is no shit in the video that I watched the other day on the company video was a video talking about, well, some people have had a certain amount more privilege than other people, and that needs to be known. Now, they didn't say white, because if they did, I would have called my lawyer immediately. But this is the kind of shit that I have to sit there and look at and be like, oh, some people privilege. I was homeless a year ago. Um, how did, where's the, when does the privilege come in? I was literally homeless a year ago as a white man. How, 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 I mean, I know that's who we're talking about here. Why are we talking about this? So, yeah, I've had about enough of the diversity and the inclusion. And again, guys, you got a snake next to you that you didn't know was there. You look over, it's right next to you. Would you rather know immediately that this is a venomous snake or not know if this is a venomous one and, and have to live in the torment of, is this going to be my last moments on earth? It's the same kind of idea. Would you want to be in a room with five people who you knew did not like you or one person who pretended like they liked you but really didn't like you? Guess which one's probably going to end badly? The fake one. Remember all the relationships you had that wish, I'll never do that to you. I'll never cheat on you. I love you. And as soon as the mailman came around, blah, 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 blah. right? Sometimes the people that you think would never do that to you or the best people or the, right? They're the ones. Ultimately, guys, let's continue. And your boss is still going to expect your work to be done by the deadline. And when you say, oh, we were at that team event, we were at that company event, your boss is going to say, yeah, but you should have got your work done. So that's why these things at work are still a waste of time. Your deadlines don't change because of this. You don't get slack because of these things. Here's one that I thought was just straight up wrong. The marketing content and creative specialist at this company goes, happy birthday. And they're just straight up calling them old. Like, I mean, I get if you were like with a group of dudes, like your, your bros or something, you're like, Right, like a bunch of dudes. This is totally cool. Like, what's up, old man? You know, you need a cane. and But not at work. Not on a LinkedIn page. But he is a white man who's shaved or bald head also. So really, he doesn't matter a bit. He's probably lived a life of privilege. You guys know I'm uh, being a little facetious right now, or you should. So he doesn't matter. You can't be racist or genderist or oldest to a white man. None of the rules apply like that. You can still hate on white people. Of course. Of course you can. Sure. Why not? Old as moles. Old fart. Older than dirt. If you were a car, you'd be an antique. They even gave this man a cane for his birthday. <sighs> you can see the little new wrapper on it there. That's I mean, nice. I get it. He's taking it in stride. That's nice. He's got his yeah, because he doesn't care because he's living his best life. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to let the silliness of these people bother me. And quite frankly, he's a dude. So he loves it. He probably plays the dozen still with his friends. I guarantee you this guy still has a best friend. Both of their moms are dead and they still have a your mom is so fat contest every chance they get. I guarantee you guys, that's what men do. We have fun with everything. I will promise you. This guy has a 67-year-old friend, and he hangs out and has a beer every now and again when he can with his friend, and they rag on each other, call each other all kinds of terrible names and say terrible things. You know, he looks over at him, he's like, your mom's a good lay, and he's like, ah, my mom's been dead for 30 years, and he says, what do you think killed her? You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys have a good time because they don't wear their feelings on their shirt. They're not constantly in a state of, I'm offended by everything. 
Sometimes they're like, hey, that was some dark humor and that was kind of funny. Yeah, this guy don't care. Pack, you know, he's having fun with it. And the thing is, the LinkedIn post from the company says, it's important to work hard, but it's also important to play hard too. Pantheon sure does know how to make each day enjoyable. Ask yourself, Ugh. does your company have balance? Does your company make fun of people that are old at uh, for their birthdays? He is white. On a public LinkedIn page that's now going to get shared on my page for hundreds of thousands of people? Come on, think about this shit. As a, as a marketing content and creative specialist, Ella, you should know better than this. Mm. Team Hero knows how to have a good time. I truly enjoy working with all of you. We had a long overdue team happy hour. Ugh. There's never a thing as an overdue team happy hour. They shouldn't exist. As a kickoff to our long holiday weekend, and after a couple of cocktails, the team's together mode fun began. Imagine this for a second, will you? Together mode and fun do not go in the same sentence. I'm sorry, but anytime you're together with anybody else, rarely is it fun. I'm not saying it never is, because sometimes it is, but usually you're together with somebody you don't even want to be together with in a situation you don't even want to be in. You guys are at work, whatever, cleaning the shit or doing whatever you do for a living. I don't know. You know. Imagine you're going to have a long weekend and you just want to get to your long weekend. But... The CEO here says, wait, let's have a happy hour before we start our long weekend. This isn't a celebration to start the long weekend. This is just delaying people. Why don't you let them go and start their weekend? Why make them come on this stupid Zoom call so that you could take a screenshot of them being goofy and Ugh. intoxicated and then post them on your company? Yay, we got drunk and played on Zoom. I could have went outside and had a beer with nature, but look, I was on Zoom. <laughs> Although I am technically live streaming, so I don't want to draw too much attention to that. Page to look cool and hip because everyone else is doing team happy hours. Hype Reline Solutions. Hashtag Sunday thought. Nothing makes us happier than showing up to a job site when everyone is excited to be there and excited about the project. On Sunday, according to what he just said. We're working on. We hope to see many more smiles. Yeah, everybody loves going in on to work on Sunday, don't they, guys? Boy, that's nothing says happy, fun work time. Like, here's a picture of us working on a Sunday and posting on the company uh, website about how happy we are. Now, if you own your own company and you work on Sunday, good for you. Seriously, that's a win. You're working for somebody else and you got to work on Sundays and you're not getting paid a little extra vig or something. Yeah, it's not so good. Not good. This year, hashtag pipelining, hashtag grouting, slip lining. Like I said, chaos says it. Yeah, if it's guaranteed overtime. That's what I'm saying. If you're getting paid, by all means, do your thing. That's what, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, yeah, make it worth the while for the employee. Don't just say, well, we're having fun and they're having fun. No, pay them money. I'm on human being side. Pay the people. Repair, reline. You know, I know exactly why this guy is smiling. Look, boys, today we get to lay some pipe. And then everyone went, <laughs> That's all I got for you today. If you want to see some more corporate cringe, like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Post a lot of different things on this channel if you've been watching. Yeah, so, you know, it is what it is, boys. It is what it is. Let's see what else we got planned for you this afternoon. Since I did put together a little bit of stuff for you here, I thought you'd be. Corporate jargon, lying in obscurity, fluent in bullshit. If you've ever worked in a corporate setting before, corporate jargon is a familiar hated fact of life. Stuff like this can be pretty frustrating. Our company has a new strategic initiative to increase market penetration. 
Maximize brand loyalty and enhance it's easy to wonder if there isn't a simpler way to communicate at work. Corporate accounts payable, this is Nina speaking. And it seems like the higher up in the corporate ladder you go, the worse the jargon gets. Managers are perhaps... Yeah, hi. ...perhaps the most notorious for this. And I'm not criticizing technical jargon, which is necessary to describe specific details in every industry. I'm criticizing fluff jargon, corporate speak, the kind of vague lexicon that makes up so much of office working life. It isn't just inefficient, it allows for confusion and corruption to hide in plain sight. Look, there are valid reasons to say this. Keep things high level and go after the low hanging fruit. Boy, I tell you what, this is what they tell a lot of men out here about these fat single moms. No offense, fat single moms. No, shout out to you girls. Yeah, just get the low-hanging fruit. Just go after these girls. They won't... Yeah, man, Chad and Tyrone, Pookie and Ray Ray, they'll still run through them fat girls. No offense, fat girls. Again, big girls, I'm not talking negative about you. I'm just being descriptive. Um, They'll still do those women too. So why would you want to do that and get like sloppy seconds? You know what I mean? For lesser than what you really want. High energy, low-hanging fruit. Mmm... How about medium energy and I'll pick the shit at the top that's actually ripe? How about that? But there aren't that many reasons. Sometimes it's to soften bad news. We're restructuring and optimizing capital locations. Sounds a lot better than we're firing people. You're a great candidate with a lot of exciting prospects is a better intro to a job rejection letter than the truth. You weren't qualified. I got a job for Ling Ling. Fight enough. Other times it's to sound more professional. Let's double down on our 80-20 operations. Sounds a lot more respectable than... 80-20, does that number look familiar to any of y'all? Let's do more of the stuff that makes us money. Mm -hmm. These are all... Uh-oh, 80-20 rule again, dealing with money. Does that remind y'all of anything else where 80-20 comes into play and money's involved? I'll let you boys think about it. Legitimate ways to use corporate jargon, but mash together too much corporate speak and it can render speech and writing all but incomprehensible. Mm. In fact, as a testament to this, Andrew Davidson made a corporate lingo generator online that spits out professional-sounding gibberish. For example, we have robust networks of strategic assets that we own or have contractual access to, which give us greater flexibility and speed to reliably deliver widespread logistical solutions. We have metamorphosed from an asset-based pipeline and power generating company to a marketing and logistic company whose biggest assets are its well-established business approach and innovative people. And wow, guys, that shit was, that was beautiful, quite frankly. I'll be honest with you, on a, on a one to 10 bullshit level, that was... Well, it smells in here. That was interesting. This is exactly where corporate lingo and jargon has a dark side. Mm -hmm. It allows people to hide things in plain sight without anyone noticing. Right. As I read... Right. You guys aren't racist. You're just unknowledgeable. What was it? Unknowingly biased. That's all. That's all it is. And we're not racist. We're just pointing out that you are white. That randomly generated statement full of jargon, your eyes probably glazed over a little. Right. You probably didn't pay that close of attention, and that's exactly what the people writing or saying these things want or expect. They are designed. Yeah, you see the communist mouse. That used to be a joke, but now this is real life. Like this used to be a joke, guys, but now this is real life. Think about that. The idea of an all-controlling, telling everyone what to think, what to speak, what to say while they were a tiny, feckless, much smaller, less powerful thing than they thought they were, i.e. a mouse. Being communist and wearing communist clothes and dominating from a very small, physically weaker position. 
It used to be a joke, allegedly. I'm that way. In fact, what I just read wasn't from Andrew Davidson's sites at all. It was Jeff Skilling's final letter to the Enron shareholders reassuring. Also, guys, let me point this out. This is Jeffrey Skillings. If you don't know, his favorite book was called The Selfish Gene. Jeffrey Skillings was a brilliant man, a criminal nonetheless, but, well, he still is a brilliant man, I assume, but um, watch The Smartest Guys in the Room. It's the story of Enron with Kenneth Lay, President Bush's involvement, allegedly, of course, the first one, and the second one a little bit as well, allegedly, of course. But it talks um, in depth about Jeffrey Skillings and some of the things that he was about. Masculine things, taking men into the Baja Desert to ride motorcycles. One man had to have stitches. Many men had to be taken to the hospital. Masculine group outings where he took other men that worked for his company to experience being a man amongst men. No women were allowed on these trips. So while we are pointing out and talking about Jeffrey Skillings in terms of his corporate jargon message, which was as bullshit as the facade of Enron in and itself, as we know now, it was a shell company. It was a card game of moving assets and uh, liabilities and debts around to other companies, shell companies also owned by Enron to assume and always make their balance sheet look good. Uh, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. But Jeffrey Skilling's favorite book was The Selfish Gene. And it's very important to understand the idea of The Selfish Gene. And I recommend that book also if you want to, if you're a reader. It's a good one. But it's the idea of most people will do anything they can for self, provided they get the okay from a seemingly higher up telling them that it's okay. Studies have been done scientifically. They found that humans would actually shock other human beings to the point of damn near death if the order to do so was scientific and came from what seemed to be a scientific authority figure. I'll look for the video to share with you one day. They do uh, focus some on that video in that movie, so you'll get to see a clip of it in there. But the idea is that people will do whatever if you give them a little greed. Let's continue. Bring them that everything was fine. You know, right before it went under as one of the most blatant and fraudulent companies of the decade. And it isn't just used in business. In this clip, Jack Abramoff, an infamous lobbyist in Washington, reflects on some of the tricks of language he used to get things done for his clients. Well, let's listen to what Jack Abramoff said. What we did was we crafted language that was so obscure, so confusing, so uninformative, but so precise to change the U.S. code. Here's what you- Ah, I'm guessing that they turned it over to the Biden administration, if I had to guess. Shout out to Cal Not Superman coming through with another great donation here to the channel, helping us keep them moving. So I went full monk mode after the divorce, and while living in hotels, I tried to find an apartment, but got rejected. Finally, I said, your sign says, apartments available. Then it was explained to me, that was for single mothers. So my tax dollars were keeping me homeless. Damn, that's crazy. So the, the single mothers were welcome, but a man, working man who could pay the rent was not welcome. That's a shame. That is a damn shame. How long ago was that, Cal? I mean, I'm guessing it was a while back, but just curious. Just curious. We'll keep it moving, boys. We'll keep the show moving for you guys. But thank you for the love and the donations, Cal. You've dropped some good information today as well, sir. 
who tried to get right. tacked on to this reform bill. Yep. Public Law 100-89 is amended by striking Section 207, paren, 101, stat, period, 668. And look at the smile. This is the smile of a man who just told you that he came up with a bullshit, horseshit-ass language to change United States law. That's your law, guys. That's us. This guy sold people down the road with a bullshit, jargon-based language to get a law changed. Do you think he did it for the benefit of the American people or the wealthy? Or whoever, government officials. Just curious. Eight comma six seven two close parent. Right now, isn't that obvious what that means? Uh. So that's what you tried to get inserted. Yeah. Ugh. God damn, even their voice, guys. No offense, ladies. So that's what you're trying to. And that was going to provide for a casino. Yes. And who on? Oh, casinos. Okay earth is going to know that no one except the chairman of the committees and it was deliberately written like that precisely precisely that's what's so interesting about this the word choice is precise the meaning intentionally vague mm. sometimes pages of documents are dedicated to hiding one message within the white noise of platitudes that's the old you didn't read the fine sub chan good to see you print trope in movies like the social network and it's how people get zuckerberg <laughs> Interestingly, the noise of corporate jargon is measurable. In 1946, a man named Dr. Rudolf Flesch designed a formula to calculate how easily understood something is. It's called the Flesch Readability Score. The higher the score, the easier to read and comprehend. The lower the score, the more difficult it is. Just a few landmarks to think about. Newspaper comics scored a 93, Sports Illustrated a 63, The Wall Street Journal 43, and the IRS tax code, the holy book of confusing corporate jargon, comes in at an impressive negative 6. Think about that one, guys. The government's books about the money that you owe to them, a little bit aloof, a little bit uh, iffy on the old information side of things. Isn't that something? Now, obviously, there are complex ideas that can never be expressed with a 90-plus readability score, but most complex ideas can be expressed in the 30 to 50 range, which is... Shout out to my man Chan dropping us another cash app here. Chan, I was thanking you in the beginning of this stream. You weren't here, but actually your name came up. I thanked all the people that given me recent cash apps. And uh, my man Chan showed up in that conversation. But thank you, sir. Appreciate your support. Considered to be difficult reading. Below 30, the flesh formula considers the document to be very confusing. Now let's get back to corruption. In the book, Why Business People Speak Like Idiots, the authors use this flesh readability test to analyze the shareholder letters from CEOs at the turn of the century. They analyzed a set of well-respected companies and a set of companies that have been riddled with scandal. As it turns out, the admired companies all have letters in the 40 range of readability, mm. while the companies that had scandals all had much more confusing letters coming in at the 20s and below. Mm. And that's because the companies with scandals have every incentive to be very confusing and used vague jargon to do it. While a That's your government right now, guys. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. I don't care which one you vote for or don't vote for. That's your government. That's the sad part. The people that are leading you, they want you as confused as possible. They're actually trying to get you more confused. Allegedly. I'm not saying that they're actually doing that. But allegedly, if you look at media and the way they're trying to control what media can and can't tell you, and they definitely want you to know certain things a whole lot... Hey, you guys think like we think, don't you? Hey, you guys think this too, right? Hey, you think this, right? Look at this. Do you see the news? They're talking about this. 
and the news comes on and does their little spiel about how we're not biased. We're giving you just the facts. We give 100% raw, unadulterated facts. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. company that has legitimate business practices has every reason to be forthcoming. Okay, now, obviously, not all confusing jargon is meant to hide. Shout out to my man Leo out here slaying this young peen sleeve. Shout out to my man Leonardo DiCaprio. You still get my respect. Even though I'm monk mode and I don't mess with these broads, respect to Leo. Corruption. But when there is corruption to hide, corporate language is a great way to do it. Mm. You can say a lot without saying anything at all or say everything while making it sound like nothing. Ugh. So let's stop circumventing the normally understood value-added lexicon with derivative proxies and instead talk normally. Damn, who says I had to study the individual tax code for accounting? I scored 99% on it. Uh-oh, where'd it go? Hold on, who? My thing disappeared. Oh, where did it go? So I could under understand it. It took me two months line by line. I rewrote it. Goodness gracious. By the way, if you're interested, there's a political movement called the Plain Language Movement. Nah, I'm not interested. Political movement. Get the fuck out of here. Anyways, let's get on with the show, guys. Thanks for coming through, everybody, by the way. Let's listen to this. This might be something. I don't know for sure. Let's listen. What's the worst, most soul-destroying job you've ever had? Telemarketing. So many lonely 80-plus-year-old widows to sell vitamin D2 mm. who try to keep the call going for 10 minutes even though they aren't buying everything. And you try to hang up on them so that you could actually make some money. Ah. But your heart says no. I worked on a cross. That's when I would transfer them, guys. Back when I used to work in a corporate setting like this, answering phones and stuff. You were wanted to talk about your dog and all this other horse shit. And I had to pretend like I cared because I got scored on it. And that's how my pay was given to me is by getting me to be a good little boy. I just transfer you. Oh, you have a question about what? Let me get you on over there. Boom. Send them on over to the catering department. You know what I'm saying? Somebody with half an egg beater in their hand answers the phone. Hello? What? No, you need to speak to so-and-so. And they transfer him back over to my department. Yeah. And line. You can bet they never came out of the machine with that nice curved shape. Mm. Nope. They are straight. But someone has to bend them into shape. Thousands of them every day on a moving line. This equates to the most depressing job in the world. T-L-E-R. I bent croissant for a living. Mother ducking fast food. If I'm the smartest man in the room, I need to be in another ducking room. Yep. The other day I overheard a snippet of conversation in which a co-worker remarked, Yeah, because 6 is a factor of 18. And the manager scoffed, Dude, I don't know none of that math shit. I once worked in a can recycling factory. It was so depressing. Janitor at a university I failed to get into. It was decent money, $16 per hour, and the work was easy peas. I had to clean for a couple hours every shift, and then there was nothing to do unless something went horribly wrong. So I had plenty of time to watch all the people my age attending school. All those people that didn't end up as janitors. Edit. All those people are now probably in debt for their house and their truck and everything else and their fancy degree probably didn't get them as much money as they thought. And even if it did, that was as much money as they thought before they took college to get that degree. And because we all know inflation is real based on the last few years, you're paying attention, aren't you? 
uh, we now know that that person that got the degree to get the thing to make the 100000 now only makes 80000 even though their check says 100000 because inflation has fucked everything up. We all understand how that works, right? The university I worked for did provide free tuition for employees. However, I was part-time, and the only way I'd get full-time is if one of the lifers retired. Only full-timers got benefits. The next slot was allegedly going to open up in approximately 5 years, and I wasn't the only one vying for it. And there was a strict non-interaction policy with the student body, after a few counts of exil harassment from the custodial mm. staff, largely comprised of age 50 plus Hispanic men. So I didn't have much of a chance for any cute will hunting moments. I think a girl told me I did a good job cleaning the elevator once, though. Mm, that's an in. 1. Find complex problem on chalkboard in hall. 2. Solve math problem. 3. Duck mini driver. 4. It's not your fault. Financial forecasting. Leaders, tell us your honest opinion where you think the business will go. Me. Well, I think this. Mathematically it's the most solid, and it's a pretty conservative estimate. Leaders, no we don't like that number. Go back and do it again. But please give us your honest feedback. We rely on you. Me. Okay. Well, if I change the assumptions you didn't like and go a little more aggressive. Here are the numbers I get. Leaders. No. What are you doing? Make the number say 8. Damn it. We wanted it to say 8 this whole time. If you had a number in mind the entire time, then this really isn't a true forecast. And if you had a number in mind... Then stop making me work till 9 p.m. every night. And that's what I told you about earlier. They no longer look at the actual information as to what's getting done and what's getting accomplished. It's about a data point. They want the number to say 8 every time. Oh, well, what about the actual data? Nope, don't care about that. That means if there's a problem that affects the job getting done so that the numbers can say 8, it never gets addressed. Because they don't care about the problems that might arise, just say the number's eight and move on. When you had an idea in mind anyways. All forecasting is like this, and it's very frustrating. You know how you hear economists predict X or Y to happen in the next five years on the news? I don't really listen to those anymore, because I know that the people who had to do the work probably got pressured to make sure the forecast had a certain outcome anyways. I'm an accountant. And in 2008 I worked for a home builder. I built the forecast and showed that as things continue and with the starts you're projecting, we'll lose 3.2 million dollars in this division. They flipped out. Told me to go back again and again. Finally I was given a number that the final forecast needed to end on. I said no effing way. They said do it. I did it. It was all imaginary numbers. When actuals rolled around for the year, lo and behold the division lost 3.2 million dollars. They said, duck, why was your forecast so wrong? I showed my original forecast numbers that were presented to them. They shut up after that. I will always remember those numbers because of how accurate my original, based in reality, forecast was to actuals. Also, I might be the only person on earth who voluntarily, and of my own free will resigned a job in the home building industry in 2009. Tech support call center. Mm -hmm. They say police officers see the worst side of people every day, so they I disagree. I worked in financial care for a major cell phone company, guys. 
you know who sees the worst of people? The people who think they're waking up at 2 in the afternoon after a hard night of drugs and alcohol to call their mom or dad to come get them because they drink too much or whatever the case is, and they get put through to me instead. Hey, it's John with so-and-so. Hey, it looks like your bill is $300 and you've been telling us for two months you're going to pay it and you had a financial arrangement to have it paid by yesterday. Your phone's off right now. How do you want to make that payment, champ? Boy, I've gotten a lot of interesting uh, replies to that. Eventually become jaded, cynical, disillusioned, and so on. They say the same thing happens to wait staff. Well, call center workers take shit all day, eat shit all day, figuratively speaking, and get paid like shit, but don't get to carry a gun or earn tips. Edit, thankfully, I quit that job long ago, and I'm much happier. To anyone working in a call center. Get out before it's too late. Also, yes, I'm all too aware of r slash tales from tech support, but reading that subreddit is like returning to a crime scene, the murder of my happiness and youthful spirit. Had a holiday job working as a cleaner in a psychiatric institution. So much shit everywhere, and rarely in the toilet. That's some crazy shit right there. I was tutoring a section in a junior orchestra. I was 18 years old. And these kids were Bad about problem, 7 to officer? 8. I'd been playing for longer than these kids were alive. Shout out to JR for uh, twice today supporting the channel. Coming through, sir. I appreciate you. Both times. I don't think I said that earlier, but thank you, sir. And one just rips through the piece better than I could have if I'd been practicing it for weeks. Left a bit of a sting. That's why you crush their spirit young. Make them hate orchestra in themselves. Anyone who worked in an office in a field you don't care about can tell you that dying of boredom is quite possible. I worked at an office that handed out grants to graduate students for a university. My job entailed, find old paperwork out of the 1 million file folders. White out the person's SS number. File it back. Did that for a year and a half. Never again. The same could be said for factory work. I used to work on a line in a box factory. I can tell you right now that I have never in my life had 8 hours take so long in terms of perception, day after day after day. Just the same physical task, lift flat press boxes into a machine, wait 45 seconds, lift boxes into a machine, wait 45 seconds, lift, wait, lift, wait. Worked at Walmart enough to experience Black Friday 3 times. I haven't gone out for Black Friday since, and will right. never do it again. I work at Walmart now, and Black Friday is my favorite day. You can take out all of your anger and frustration on the customers, and nobody gives a shit. No one's leaving the line to complain to a manager, no manager's going to come listen to complaints. You have as many free passes to tell people to go duck themselves as you can manage. Hmm. I worked at a pawn shop. When a lady came in to pawn her daughter's Wii, I could only give her $30. The daughter would have been 7 or 8. So she didn't really understand why this was happening. The little girl asked why they were getting rid of the console, an innocent question. I looked up to see the mother answer, with tears running down her face, so we can eat this week's witty. That was pretty brutal. I was a pawnbroker for two years. Two years of telling a customer that, what they thought was a 14 karat gold necklace was in fact a gold plated sterling silver necklace. Their face when you tell them sucks. The worst was when a guy came in and pawned an ice engagement ring. 
we gave him about 100 to 150 dollars for it. A couple of hours later, a woman walks in bawling her eyes out saying her son just stole her ring and pawned it somewhere. She gave us a description of the ring, and she had to pay to get it out. That job is soul sucking, I'm surprised I lasted as long as I did. Collections agent. For medical and utility bills. In September, 2001, on the 11th of September, as our shift starts the towers are going down, and we're all like, aghast in shock and horror. Between calls on the auto dial thing, it normally plays the oldest station. But today, it's a death count and news, news, news. The federal government asks everyone to stay off the phones, etc etc etc. What does the owner do? Comes on into the collections floor, stands there, and tells us that anyone that doesn't want to make phone calls is fired, because today's the perfect day since everyone is home watching the television. Seriously. You know how many people we called that were connected to the victims in some way personally? Lots. I worked out my shift mostly worried about my rent, and quit shortly thereafter. Mm. I wish I'd walked out that morning. It was the last time I've done anything morally regrettable in that capacity, and a big lesson for me about doing what's right versus doing what you think you need to do. The job was soul-sucking as it was, and I ain't gonna work for no soul-sucking jerk. Great lyric by Beck off the album Mellow Gold. You may not be aware of that, but great album by Beck. Odelay was a great album, but Mellow Gold is really where it was as far as Beck was concerned. Where it's at was also a great song by him. Long, long time ago, boys. Looks like we're over two hours. 39 of you in here. Have any of you bastards hit the like button yet? Hey, 38 of you have. One software says 60 people are in here. One says 40 people are in here. However many people are in here, good to see you. Good to see everybody. Thanks for coming by. I'm going to make myself some lunch. I haven't decided what I'm going to make yet, but I've got a ton of great stuff in there. So it's going to be a good time. I probably will listen to some Beck now that we've said that because it sounds like it'll be nice. I've also been craving a cigar, guys. If y'all don't know, I haven't had a cigar in probably two years, three years, something like that. And I quit nicotine in general uh, after smoking for years and vaping for years. And then I did the little lozenges until I quit. Uh, but I've wanted a cigar lately just to have a cigar. The only problem with that is it does contain nicotine. And uh, I was addicted to nicotine pretty heavily. So um, wrestling, not having a cigar at this point. Not sure I could do that. Because uh, that would be bad, guys. That would be rough. Nicotine was very hard to get off of. But good to see everybody. Thanks for coming. Here is some Corpse Lord for all of you boys. And then we're getting out of here. Thanks again for all the love and all the support. It is so good to see every one of you in the chat. Thanks for everything, guys. Feel like lightning when you lie to me. Trust the soul, I'm dealing silently, silently. We fall out like leaves on autumn trees. Wish I could be what I ought to be, ought to be. I don't wanna focus on the problems, I swear that I don't.